0: And go to One Peter, or First Peter. If you're visiting with us, you can pull out the black Bible in the chair in front of you, and go to page 180, towards the back of that Bible, page 180, and you'll find First Peter chapter one. We're going to do verses. 10, 11, and 12 this morning. It seems kind of hot. Like, too. It's ringing? Is it just me? No? Okay. Oh, you guys are cold. It feels great up here. Oh, yeah. First Peter chapter 1, 10, 11, and twelve. I told my wife, I don't know what to do with myself. Like I got like three verses. I'm like, what do I do? I don't know. I'm used to like you know twenty. This has been a good good thing for me. First 1 Peter 1, 10 through twelve. Ah, let's start in verse one, chapter one. We should read the whole thing. Let's let's do something fun. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in fullest measure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead unto an inheritance imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith unto a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in this you greatly rejoice even though now for a little while since it is necessary you've been distressed by various trials that the genuineness of your trust more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ whom you've not seen him you love him and though you do not see him now but because you believe in him you greatly rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, obtaining as the outcome of your trust the salvation of your souls. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that was destined for you make careful search and inquiry, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them, verse 12, that they were not serving themselves but you. And these things, which now have been announced to you through those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. The article was titled Simone Biles Fulfills Destiny wins gymnastics all around gold at Rio Olympics. Did anybody watch her and her her last thing and Simone Biles? Okay, so one person did. All right. The three time individual all around world champion Simone Biles came in as a heavy favorite to win. The all-around at the 2016 Rio Olympics and the American star did not disappoint on Thursday with a gold medal winning performance. That was the first paragraph of the article. She was destined to win gold. Can Can I steal that? Gold is valuable, as Peter said earlier, not as much as faith, And not as valuable as grace. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're destined for something as well. Not for gold, no. Something else that starts with the letter G, though. We're destined for grace. We were destined to receive God's great grace. The overall theme of Peter's letter is by God's grace... Be a wise, winsome weirdo in this wicked world. And, and today, and our three verses we'll look at is, we're destined for this grace. We're destined for God's grace. And just last night, I was reading an email, and someone signed it, kept by grace. They signed their name. I wrote back, I said, you're exactly right, you're kept by grace, and you were destined for that. Have you ever thought about that? You're destined for grace. Christian, has that ever crossed your mind? God destined you. Your destiny was for His grace. Can you imagine that? Why? What what does this mean? What is this all about? Peter will tell us. The Old Testament prophets, which I'll abbreviate as OT, they prophesied that we, after Jesus' suffering and salvation, would be destined for God's great grace to sinners, to us. Because Jesus Christ was the recipient of suffering and glory, we will be the recipients of God's saving grace, though we suffer now. And yet this is the principle. Suffering, then glory. Suffer, then grace. This was something that the Old Testament prophets predicted. And this is the pattern... And this is going to be our purpose. There's your three points for this morning. This grace was predicted that we are destined for this. It's the pattern of grace that you see. And this is our purpose. Grace. Grace. God's grace. You might say, well, wait, that doesn't make sense. You mean to tell me Jesus Christ, the pattern that He suffered, He was given grace? No, 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 no. Jesus doesn't need grace. He was sinless. He was perfect. But as he suffered, there was glory to follow, or salvation came. And so in this pattern comes us. Jesus suffered. There's come salvation. We will suffer, and yet we will have salvation. God will give us grace. See, Peter's thinking about eternity. He's got the eternal outlook that we spoke about last week. Christ is not to need grace. He's sinless. We need grace because we are sinners. And yet that's why we're destined for it. So why did Peter take the time to say these things? What is he, why does he do this? Because he's trying to connect salvation or this grace to the glories after suffering. It was meant for us to take part in God's amazing grace. The two part theme of the Old Testament prophets the grace destined for God's people and the sufferings and glory destined for God's Savior. Two main themes, salvific themes of the Old Testament. It is still meant for us to suffer. We follow our Savior's example. We will suffer just like He did. We are unbelievably graced. More than the Old Testament prophets could ever have imagined. And then Peter's going to say, we'll look at it in just a moment, that they said these things for our benefit. For us to be given this grace. Unbelievable. So I'll give you the first two points. We'll look at that. These two points, they come right after the other. Grace was predicted. Grace is the pattern. Verses 10 and 11. Notice how he begins. As to this salvation, which salvation? What salvation? What he just said in verse 9 obtain it as the outcome of your faith, your trust, the salvation of your souls. Pointing us back to verse 5. Unto a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He's looking to the future. That salvation is in the future. When everything's said and done. Having that eternal outlook and perspective. So, it means that this salvation, word salvation, is synonymous with the word or the phrase that we will look at, grace destined for you. We'll see that in just a moment. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied, notice, here it comes, the grace that would come to you, or the grace, the grace destined for you, is a better way to translate that. Another way to describe this is uh, salvation. Another way Peter describes this is inheritance. Another way Peter describes this is living hope. And it's the result of God doing a work in your heart, changing you, transforming you, called the new birth. From the new birth, the result of that is a living hope, or another way to say that, inheritance, or another way to say that is salvation, or another way to say that is grace. God's grace what is grace then how do we define this he gives us different words salvation, inheritance, living hope, grace God's grace is God's undeserved favor on his people that's grace his undeserved favor salvation his mercy this is what he's saying this salvation this grace destined for you the prophets prophesied of this this grace that would come they made careful search and inquiry verse 11 seeking to know what person or time the spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow we got to unpack this what is he saying these Old Testament prophets regarding this salvation, this grace destined for you, they searched and sought diligently. Similar to searching through a house, a tent, city, a country in order to find a person or a thing. You ever lose your keys? You're searching diligently for your keys. I need to leave. Where's my keys? Where did I put them? So the prophets were searching their own writings and the writings of the other prophets, of, the other, of Scripture. They're searching diligently what? What are they trying to find out? We'll look at that in a second. The prophets actively searched and examined because they didn't always understand what their prophecies meant. Plus they didn't understand the initial and then later and then total fulfillment. They didn't understand that. So they're frantically searching, trying to figure out what all the prophecies was talking about. About what? Peter says, What person or time? Who or what time? Who or when? They were trying to figure out who it would be, and when that one would come on the scene. Who? Messiah! Who was going to be this Messiah? When was he going to come? They didn't have all the information, they only had bits and pieces. A side note here Peter believed and taught verbal inspiration of Scripture. So they're searching, wanting to know what person or what time the Spirit of Christ within them. Who's this? Well, because Peter involved the Holy Spirit in the process of revelation, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, it's better to see Peter's description here as another way to describe the Holy Spirit. Paul gives the same phrase, Spirit of Christ, in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, talking about the Holy Spirit, saying the Spirit of Christ. Uh, well, how was how he in the Old Testament prophets? I don't know. Peter doesn't tell us that. So he says the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing or Showing or indicating when or as he predicted or foretold the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. So what's he saying? The the Spirit did a revealing process by predicting or foretelling through the Old Testament prophets. Foretelling what? So the Spirit of Christ is speaking through them and then they're searching, they're speaking, they're prophesying and they write this down, what did I just say? I don't know, they're they're writing this and they're trying to figure out what does it all mean? Who, when is He going to come? About what regarding Messiah? The sufferings destined for Christ or the sufferings that were to come upon Christ. Interesting This phrase here, the sufferings of Christ, is parallel to the phrase, grace destined for you. In other words, we are the recipients of God's grace because Christ was the recipient of God's judgment or of suffering. We were destined for grace. He was destined to suffer. He would do that in our place. Already the idea of substitution is coming. And not just His suffering, but also the sufferings and the subsequent glories, the glories to follow or after these things. Majesty and privilege were in store for Christ after He suffered. So what exactly would the glory include? His resurrection, His ascension, His session, sitting at the right hand of the Father, his future coming kingdom. So Jesus suffered, and then he was glorified. So Peter's he's trying to explain to us this grace destined for you, as the Spirit was working in the prophets, and they're searching frantically, and the Spirit was predicting who and what was going to come, the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. So they meditated and searched their own writings to find out who would be Messiah and where He would come to suffer and be glorified. The Spirit predicted this through the prophets. So the pattern was set forth in the Old Testament for God's people. What's the pattern? Glory follows suffering. A crown of thorns comes before a crown of glory. Or to put it in a slang, no guts, no glory. Right? Suffering comes first, then glory. Difficulty comes first, and then glory. A crown of thorns comes first, and then a crown that's glorious. See, this this helps make sense of our own sufferings. If it was predicted that the Messiah had to suffer and then have glory, the same with us. We would suffer now, but yet we would face glory, salvation, grace. You are destined for grace, Christian. God's grace is being poured out upon us. And not only do you have Specific passages in the Old Testament that talk about this: uh, well, Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, Psalm 16, Leviticus 16, the Passover. I mean, <laughs> Exodus 12. But then you also have the acting out of the lives of those who lived historically in the Old Testament like Abraham Joseph Joseph is a perfect example of someone who suffered and then he was glorified suffered and then blessing came that's the pattern for us we're destined for grace it was predicted and that's the pattern for us so if specific passages and specific lives pointing to the fact that God's people will suffer then be graced and if certain passages also say that Christ himself would suffer and then be saved it should bring us great courage joy and contentment when we suffer doesn't this give us such great hope doesn't this give us such great joy? In the midst of the times that you are suffering right now, how are you suffering now, Christian? How are you fa- what difficulty are you facing right now? What struggles do you have right now? God's grace is destined for you. It will not continue forever. it will end. That's the pattern. So grace is predicted. Grace is the pattern for us. And then we come to the last point grace is our purpose. Verse 12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you in these things. Which have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you. I want to stop there. So to them, the prophets, it was revealed they were not serving themselves. But you. That is the church, Jews and Gentiles, as one now. It was meant for the prophets to serve us. I mean, this is amazing. It was amazing that, that God's plan was that the prophets are going to serve us and then it, He told them, you're not doing this for yourselves, you're doing this for them. Wow. This is grace. Oh, and then He says, uh, they will not serve themselves, but you in these things What things? Well, grammatically, the things connects back up to what he says about the sufferings and the glories destined for the Messiah. These things, the sufferings and glories destined for Messiah, these are the things that are now proclaimed to you through the preaching of the Gospel. God is the ultimate agent He used these men. Twelve were commissioned. They're called the apostles. They were the ones that preached the gospel. That's the ones he's talking about here. Who announced you through those who preached or proclaimed the gospel to you. They were the ones. They were commissioned by Jesus. In Luke chapter 24. Do you remember when Jesus appeared to them? And then he opened their minds so that they understand the scriptures. And then he said... This is what the law and the prophets spoke about. What? That the Christ would suffer and be resurrected and then repentance unto forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed to everyone. You are witnesses of these things, said Jesus. So commission these men. You're going to preach it. You're going to proclaim this gospel. You're going to proclaim what the prophets were predicting, the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was these messengers who showed the true meaning of the Old Testament prophets. It was God's plan to bring the redemption of His people through the life, death, and resurrection of His eternal Son. I mean, just take the Passover, for example. I mean, the Passover in and of itself pictures the fact that the angel of Yahweh was going to come and wipe out the firstborn, but the substitute was the blood put there on the doorpost of the Lamb. There's the substitute. There is the acting out of the fact that the Christ would suffer and then there would be glory. We will suffer, but yet we will be saved, we'll be graced. What they foretold that is the content of the gospel message of the church so here's a key principle the proclamation of the gospel is identical with the predictions of the Old Testament prophets about the sufferings of Messiah and the glories to follow friends there's only one gospel message whether you're talking about the time for Abraham or you're talking about all the way to here to us in the 21st century it's repent and trust in Messiah. We got a lot more information than Abraham does. Amen, hallelujah. Praise the Lord for that. But he still had to put his trust in Messiah. See, the Old Testament is looking forward. The Old Testament is a forward-looking book. It begs, the Old Testament begs the coming of the New Testament because it begs the coming of Messiah who would fulfill these prophecies and also bring in God's intention for humanity. That is to do what? To tabernacle with humans once again. The whole point of this is relationship with His creation. And the only way that God can have relationship with His creation once again is through grace. It's the only way. God shows grace to you. God shows compassion to you. God shows gentleness to you. When He should destroy us. When He should judge us. When He should completely annihilate us. In His just, perfect wrath. He should condemn you. And yet He shows you grace. Who was I talking to? Oh, on Friday morning, I was talking to a guy, and I said to him, isn't it such a good thing that God's arms are wide open to sinners? That He calls them to come to Him and He will save them? Isn't that such a good thing? It's a good thing. A theme in the Old Testament is the story of the nation of Israel and their relationship with the one true God. And it was promised to Israel that from her would come one who would be the hope of salvation. And that hope is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ spoken in the gospel message. He's the one. He's the hope. He's the fulfillment back to the text he says those who preach the gospel to you so they're the human agents but they did it by the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit was the means through whom the gospel was as one writer puts it activated and empowered the Holy Spirit he says sent from heaven Well, what is this talking about he's talking about Pentecost right there Acts chapter 2 right so God is the ultimate author, God is the one is the ultimate author, God is speaking, but he's using the, the apostles to speak this gospel message. And he's doing it through means of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit speaking through them. So the fact that the Spirit was sent from heaven was the sign that the new age has been inaugurated we are in the last days he's the one who enabled the apostles to preach this message of grace are you here and you need to respond to this message of grace are you here and you have not responded to this message of grace are you here and do you need to respond to this message of grace god should judge you but his arms are wide open to you He loves it when people come and they say, I am a sinner. I need your grace. That's why Jesus died for sinners. And He resurrected from the dead. So you can have life if you turn from your sins and put your trust in Jesus alone. That's the gospel. That's the gospel message. So this gospel message, proclaim the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven things okay what things is he talking about again the pattern of Christ suffering the glories to follow things these things into which angels long to look what's he saying the angels long for or desire to stoop forward to look into it They desire, the angels desire to understand more about the sufferings of Christ, the glory to follow, and the fulfillment of this redemption for God's people. It was intriguing to them. Look into means to gaze at with an outstretched neck, kind of looking through a window, if you will, kind of looking like, whoa, look at how that's happening. They desire to learn about God's fulfillment of His plan through the church. They long to see the outworking of God's purpose of grace to us. Because grace is the purpose. It's our purpose. It's what's meant for us to be. We exist in the last days. The age of the fulfillment of the prophecies concerning the Messiah. The Old Testament prophets from Moses to Malachi or Malachi the Italian prophet served the church which was a mystery but and it was hidden but it's now disclosed says Paul What did the prophets not understand that the Christ would suffer and die for sinners and be raised. Forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed to the whole world. The coming of the Holy Spirit. God would create this new thing called the church. And the angels were looking into this. How this was all being fulfilled. It intrigued them. Here's a long statement for you to try and sum it up. The Old Testament prophets predicted this salvation, this grace destined for us, which comes in the suffering and salvation of Messiah. These prophets were told they were serving us. And now, the fact that these promises have come to pass is being told through the power of the Spirit who has come. The world scoffs at this message. But angels look to stoop in to see God's amazing purpose of grace unfold. It's amazing that we're more privileged than angels. It's amazing that we're more privileged than the Old Testament prophets. Angels who desire to see these things played out in fulfillment of grace for God's people there's one people of God stretching, out, stretching throughout history and now it's Jews and Gentiles we're now one in Christ in this thing called the church and though we suffer we have received special favor or grace from God we are a privileged people like Jesus mentioned in Matthew chapter 13 verse 16 and 17 Jesus was speaking to his disciples And he says, blessed are your eyes. And blessed are your ears. Because your eyes are seen. Prophets, they long to see what you see. They long to hear what you hear. We are blessed in this way. This confirms that the Christian experience will be just like Jesus. Suffering and then salvation. And it gives a solid foundation for the future hope that God will keep His promise for Jesus to return. He will return. As Jesus suffered and was saved. Though we suffer. We are saved. We are graced. Christian. Do you have confidence right now that you're living in God's undeserved favor in and because and through because of Jesus Christ? Do you have that confidence? Do you have the confidence that you have this transforming grace now? You have it now. So that we can live drastically different lives from this world, from the culture of this world. Do you have that confidence now? You are destined for grace. Thank you, Father, for your undeserved favor. Thank you for showing that favor in Jesus Christ, who is the model for us. He suffered, and yet you vindicated Him. Though we suffer now, we are in grace. We are overwhelmed with your grace. Remind us. Remind us of your grace this week. For those who are suffering now, whether it's sickness, disease, heartache, struggles. remind us that we were destined for your undeserved favor take a few moments if you would and ponder what we've seen in God's word this morning we'll have a few moments of silence for you to do that and then after a few moments of silence for us to ponder We'll do our time of giving worshiping the Lord and giving sing in our last two songs and then our closing prayer so take some time and ponder what we've seen in God's word